A Christmas Carol Once upon a Christmas Eve, Ebenezer Scrooge sat in his cold office. His partner, Jacob Marley, had died recently, but Scrooge was stingy and mean enough for both of them. He was too cheap to put another lump of coal on the fire, so the office was as freezing as ice. Scrooge's clerk, Bob Cratchit, shivered as he worked. Suddenly, Scrooge's jolly nephew came in and invited the old man round to Christmas dinner. Bah, humbug, said Scrooge. What good has Christmas ever done for you? The nephew replied, Why, Christmas is the only time I know of when people open their hearts and spread love and kindness everywhere. So although it's never put gold in my pocket, I believe Christmas is a wonderful time. Bob Cratchit put down his pen and clapped his hands. But when Scrooge glared at him, he got back to his work at once. As Scrooge's nephew left, he called back, Well, Merry Christmas anyway, Uncle, and Happy New Year too. Before long, a large gentleman entered the office. I am seeking donations for the poor, he said. The homeless have nowhere to go at Christmas. Are there no prisons? asked Scrooge. Are there no workhouses? The man replied, Manny would rather die than go to those places, sir. If they are going to die, snapped Scrooge, then they had better do it and decrease the surplus population. Good day, sir. At closing time, Scrooge said to his clerk, And I suppose you'll be wanting the day off tomorrow, Cratchit. Bah! I don't care if it is Christmas. It's a poor excuse for picking a man's pocket every 25th of December. Well, be here all the earlier the next day. Then he shut the door. Out went the lights and away home he went. That evening, Scrooge was sitting by a small fire in his bedroom when he heard the sound of clanking chains. The noise grew louder and suddenly he was face to face with the ghost of Jacob Marley. I must wander forever, dragging the things I loved in life, said the ghost, holding up a heavy cash box that was chained to his waist. But you can escape my fate. You will be haunted by three spirits, the ghost of Christmas past, present and future. Heed them well. When Marley's ghost had left, Scrooge started to say, Humbug! But he did not finish the word. He went to bed and fell asleep at once. He awoke as the chimes on the clock struck. A hand drew back the bed curtains, and Scrooge stared at the first spirit. I am the ghost of Christmas past, said the spirit. Rise and walk with me. Scrooge touched the spirit's robe and suddenly found himself at the boarding school where he had lived as a young boy. On Christmas vacation when his friends had gone home, young Scrooge had been left alone at the school. Now Scrooge saw himself sitting in a lonely corner and sighed. Poor boy. Next day they were at Fezziwig's warehouse where Scrooge had served as an apprentice. It was Christmas Eve and Fezziwig was giving a party. Everyone, including young Scrooge, 
was singing, dancing and having fun. As Scrooge watched, the spirit said, A small matter to make these poor folks so happy. And Scrooge thought about how miserably he had treated his own clerk, Bob Cratchit. The scene suddenly changed again, and Scrooge saw someone he had loved long ago. She had once said to him, You have changed, Ebenezer. Nothing matters to you anymore, except money, so we must go our separate ways. Now that same girl was married and surrounded by happy children. Her husband came through the door, bringing toys and presents for everyone. After the presents had been opened and the children were in bed, the husband said, I passed Mr. Scrooge's office today. His partner, Mr. Marley, is near death and Scrooge sat there all alone. I doubt he has a friend in the world. Scrooge turned to the spirit and cried, Remove me from this place. Haunt me no longer. Suddenly he realised that he was back in his own room. He gave a sigh of relief and fell asleep at once. Later that night, Scrooge awoke in the middle of a particularly loud snore. He heard the clock strike, but no ghost appeared. Instead, a strange light came from the next room. He opened the door and saw a jolly giant surrounded by delicious food and drink. I am the ghost of Christmas present, said the spirit. Touch my robe and come with me. Scrooge touched the spirit's robe and found that he was floating through the streets on Christmas morning. Before long, they were inside Bob Cratchit's house. The door opened, and Bob entered carrying his youngest child, Tiny Tim, on his shoulders. In the boy's hand was the crutch he used in order to walk. In spite of his poor health, Tiny Tim was always cheerful. And how did Tiny Tim behave in church? asked Mrs Cratchit. He was as good as gold, replied Bob. They sat down at the table and carved a small roast goose, then Christmas pudding, roasted chestnuts and Christmas punch. Bob held up his glass and said, Merry Christmas to all. God bless us. God bless us, each and every one, echoed Tiny Tim. Scrooge looked at the spirit and asked, Will the boy live? The spirit answered, I see a vacant seat in the chimney corner and a crutch without an owner. If these shadows remain unaltered by the future, the child shall die. No, spirit, cried Scrooge. Spare him, please. But the spirit said, If he is going to die, he had better do it and decrease the surplus population. Scrooge realised that these were his own words, and he hung his head in shame. Suddenly, Bob held up his glass again and cried, I give you Mr. Scrooge, the founder of the feast. The founder of the feast indeed, said Mrs. Cratchit. I wish I had him here, the stingy, unfeeling man. I'd give him a piece of my mind. My dear, said her husband. The children, it's Christmas Day. Scrooge was saddened to see that the very mention of his name brought a dark cloud over the gathering. But in a few minutes it passed, and the entire family was even merrier than before. By now the streets were full of people on their way to visit family and friends. A fire blazed in every fireplace and the joy of Christmas was in every heart. The spirit led Scrooge to his nephew's house where a party was being held. The nephew laughed heartily as he said, My uncle Scrooge is a strange old fellow. 
As rich as he is, his money does him no good. And he's such an old grouch that he even refuses to come to dinner. So whom does he hurt? Only himself. I'm sure he will pay dearly for being so unpleasant. But I will say nothing against him. In fact, I'll drink to his health. Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year to old Uncle Scrooge. Presently, the spirit turned to Scrooge and said, My time here will soon end, but before I go, there is something else you must see. Then he showed Scrooge two ragged, half-starved children. Oh, spirit, cried Scrooge, is there no way to help them? Is there no place for them to go? The spirit replied, Are there no prisons? Are there no workhouses? Then the bells began to toll and the spirit disappeared. At the final stroke, another spirit approached, moving like a phantom from the grave. It said nothing, and Scrooge could see no face beneath its hooded robe. Are you the ghost of Christmas yet to come? asked Scrooge, yet there was no answer. Scrooge cried out, I fear you more than any spectre I have yet seen. The ghost said nothing, but led him into the city. There, they overheard some merchants talking about someone who had died. I don't know anyone who'll go to his funeral, said one. He didn't have a single friend that I know of. It'll be a cheap funeral, no doubt, said another laughing. Just then, two wealthy businessmen came down the street. Scrooge recognised them, for he had dealt with them in his business on many occasions. Well, well, said the first Old Scratch has finally died. And the second replied, Yes, so I am told. Quite chilly this evening, isn't it? And they walked on without another word. The spirit took Scrooge to a dreary shop where second-hand things were bought and sold. Some disreputable characters had spread out the things they had stolen from the dead man. He won't be needing these anymore, crackled a woman holding up the dead man's bed curtains. Then she took a fine shirt out of her bag. And they were going to bury him in this, she said. It's too good to waste on dead man, so I took it off him. And she cackled even louder. Suddenly Scrooge jumped back, for the scene had changed, and he now found himself next to a bed on which the dead man lay. He could not find the courage to peek under the sheet and see who it was. Instead, he said to the spirit, Is there any person who feels emotion caused by death and show that person to me? At once, Scrooge looked in upon a small room. As a man came in, his wife asked hopefully, Did he give us more time to pay off the loan? He did not, said her husband. They tell me he is dead. The woman was relieved and happy. We shall have a bit more time, she said. For no one could be as merciless a man as he. Oh, spirit, pleaded Scrooge. Let me see some tenderness connected with the death. The phantom took him to the Cratchit house, where everyone sat around the table. But Tiny Tim was not there. His crutch leaned against the corner. I saw Mr. Scrooge's nephew today, said Bob. He told me he was very sorry that our Tim had died. At the mention of Tiny Tim's name... Mrs. Cratchit's eyes filled with tears and Bob took her hand to comfort her. Then he said, He told me to call on him if he could help us 
It seemed almost if he had known our Tim and he could feel our sorrow with us. A moment later, Scrooge found himself in a cemetery where the spectre pointed to a gravestone. Oh, tell me, spirit, said Scrooge. Are these the shadows of things that will be? Or the shadows of things that may be? The ghost did not answer, but pointed to the grave. On the gravestone was the name Ebenezer Scrooge. Scrooge fell to his knees, crying. Am I that man who lay upon the bed? Oh, spirit, say that I can change these shadows. I will honour Christmas in my heart and keep it all year. Just tell me what I need to. But the phantom shriveled and shrank until it was nothing but the bedpost in Scrooge's room. Scrooge jumped out of bed and leaned out the window. What day is it? He called to a boy on the street. The boy replied that it was Christmas Day, of course. Scrooge began dancing with joy. Is that prize turkey still hanging in the window of the shop down the street? He asked. It was. Oh, excellent, chuckled Scrooge. Then he tossed some money down to the boy and said, Buy that turkey and bring it to Bob Cratchit's house this minute. But don't tell him who sent it. Be quick about it and you can keep the change. Merry Christmas! A few minutes later, Scrooge was dressed and walking down the street. The first person he met was the large gentleman who had asked him for a donation for the poor. Scrooge greeted him with a hearty, Merry Christmas! And then whispered something in the man's ear. My dear Mr Scrooge, how very generous of you! exclaimed the man. I don't know what to say! Don't say anything, chuckled Scrooge. I'll have a cheque drawn up tomorrow. Just stop by my office and pick it up. And he walked through the city, greeting everyone with a warm smile and a pleasant Merry Christmas. By dinner time, he had arrived at his nephew's house. He passed the door a dozen times before he had the courage to knock. Well, bless my soul, exclaimed Scrooge's nephew. Merry Christmas, uncle, and do come in and join the fun. Scrooge stayed for dinner and never enjoyed a meal so much. And when they played games and dance, Scrooge joined right in with the other guests. It was the merriest Christmas he had ever had. The next day, Scrooge was waiting when Bob Cratchit came into the office. Cratchit? He growled in his meanest voice. You're late! Oh, I'm so sorry, sir, said Bob. It, it won't happen again. Now see here growled Scrooge. I'm not going to stand for this any longer. And therefore, I'm going to raise your salary. Bob hardly knew what to say. Are you feeling all right, Mr. Scrooge? He asked. I feel wonderful, said Scrooge. Merry Christmas, my boy. I'll raise your salary and I'll do whatever I can to help your family. Now, throw some more coal on that fire. It's too chilly for a man to be comfortable in here. As it happened, Scrooge was better than his word. He became a good friend and a good employer. He became like a second father to Tiny Tim, who did not die after all. And from that day forth, it was always said that Ebenezer Scrooge certainly knew the real meaning of Christmas. The End The End